Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. Uh, this is 31 Days of Horror, and I'm Teresa, and here with me on the phone is... Andrew. I'm Andrew. That's me. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about everybody's favorite movie about bees and urban development gone wrong and gentrification gone wrong. That is, of course, directed by Bernard Rose in 1992, Candyman. Uh, so Candyman is... It definitely is scary, and it's kind of sexy. And um, it follows uh, Virginia Madsen's character, Helen, as she kind of starts to like unravel this urban myth. Um, what do you think? Do you, so when was the first time you saw this movie, Teresa? So I saw this movie a little bit later. Um, like I was in college in Boston and I think I watched it with my roommate. So it was like probably right around the time when we met, like almost 10 years ago. Wow. Or more than 10 years ago, I guess it would be. Wow. We're old. But yeah, we're so old. I saw it for we're the so first old. time 10 years ago and then I've only seen it like once since then. Yeah. This movie is, uh, I hadn't seen this movie until like a couple years ago, like a year and a half ago. So um, I was actually really familiar with the score. So all things being weird in my life, like I often sometimes heard Philip Glass scores way before I saw the movie. And this one was no exception. So I was very familiar with the score. So I almost had an emotional attachment to the score before I even saw a single frame of the movie. Um, Which is interesting because I think the score is such a big part of the mood of this movie. So it's interesting that you already had some sort of emotional connection to it because I think the score is, you know, really drives home the emotional connection to the movie. Yeah, and it also, like, makes, elevates the movie in my mind a little bit. Like, it elevates the movie to, like, like, a good score is everything. Like, in this movie is creepy, but it also has a sense of, like, grandeur and class that Candyman, the character, uh, played by Tony Todd, like, his character exudes kind of class class and sex and like because he's supposed to be like kind of an aristocrat Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a good point if it was kind of a cheesy or even just very electronic based score it would have done a disservice to the character and to the the mood of the movie itself yeah yeah um i think this movie is great some of the cinematography in this movie is amazing like they Production design, of course, is out of control. But they did such a great job of, like, creating Chicago, but never really doing any sort of, like... It's all set against this, like, scope of, like, Chicago and all its, like, prim and proper power is set in the backdrop. And then this is, like, kind of a small thing in the foreground. And it's kind of... I think it's a really interesting statement on classism. Um, it's really interesting that she, like, lives in the same... A building that's almost exactly the same as, like the slummy building that's like going to be torn down um yeah Yeah, i was just gonna note like the intentional production design and setting of this film is really what makes that social commentary come through like you were saying yeah what so this movie i think is um is almost like so I, i there's this idea that like i think 
where you are, if you're in the world of a movie, you accept things that are not like in Star Wars, we accept that they can fly around in spaceships and all the, you know, how they exist in the vacuum of space. And we accept that as reality. But also, like when we watch a TV show like Californication that's supposed to be set in reality, we're also supposed to accept that there's this really there's this writer that's so famous that everyone knows him in America and and this movie is really interesting too because it kind of treats this Candyman folklore story as like an anthropological kind of study that she's interested in right like this urban myth thing that she's like researching and it feels it feels like you know the urban mythness to it never plays for like cheesy factor it's all kind of in support of this story yeah. I agree. And have you heard, did you hear the Candyman myth when you were like a kid? No, never. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause it is one of those ones kind of like Bloody Mary where like you say his name three times or whatever. Um, but it's, it's kind of silly and it's like a kid's game and a kid's story around to like scare each other and, um, rooted in this urban legend. And it is interesting how they like really take it make it like a serious thing like we're exploring this like anthropologically like you said um this movie i i, I want to get your thoughts on this so this movie is getting the remake treatment kind of on the overseeing producing eye from jordan peele i believe um it's getting kind of a, a rebranding a reimagining uh child's play got a rebranding reimagining uh, a couple years ago and there's a lot of recycling type things from like the 80s and 90s. Of course, we've never stopped having Freddy or Freddy movies or um, Halloween movies. What do you think? Like, is everything doomed to be remade? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it's interesting. I think part of the reason why remakes happen is because people really love the original and like the story and. They want to do a similar thing in a new era with like some cultural adjustments, but then also keep like the things that are still relevant to today. Um, So I think that's one of the things. I think the other one, when it comes to like bigger studio things, is more like of a cash grab because they like the, the film already has an audience. And so if you remake it, I mean, chances are those people are going to watch it even if they don't like remakes even if they feel like we're going to be disappointed by this I mean I feel that's the way about a lot of remakes I need to go see it to see how like what they've done with it yeah yeah no I I think that I think a really interesting quasi remake quasi reimagining is actually Dr. Sleep um, which is not a terribly great movie but Dr. Sleep kind of it really embraces the intertextuality of using the shining, the visuals from the shining to like, you know, fan service essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we watched the Candyman trailer a little while ago um, when it came out and it did make me excited about it. I, I was also excited because Jordan Peele's a part of it and I feel like he has really good taste and he's a really smart person. So even if he's just producing it, I think, He's not going to yeah. let it be like terrible and a disservice to the original because the original is really good still. It holds its own. You know, it has some like messages that still carry through like and 
you know, the music's great. The cinematography is great. The acting is is really good, too. It really stands out as a horror movie from the 90s because, you know, in the 90s, there was a lot of terrible slasher films. Right. Yeah, there is. So I just hope that the remake is not like leaning into the slasher part and more like into the art form that the original had. I'd have a hard time believing that Jordan Peele would let it like just go to its more, it would like punch up like it would, it would that the movie's going to elevate even more so. But you know, we don't know. We, it could be, but we're living in kind of a brilliant time uh, in terms of Jordan Peele and Robert Edgars and Ari Aster are really trying to elevate horror to a respectable thing that hasn't been tried for in a long time. Yeah, and I think Candyman is a film that tried for that. And I'd say it succeeded in the 90s because it was another era of, like, you know, genre films and horror films were not as respected and they were just seen as, like, either ways to make money or just, like, fun for kids. And, you know, Candyman is definitely not for kids. It is pretty terrifying and there's a lot of, like, like you said, like, uh, erotic likeness to it and um, mm. yeah and so I think we are kind of in another era of horror films exceeding um, persp- uh, what is that word like like people's um, like breaking perceptions yes that's it thank you like you know it. they're acting as more than just a fun, scary time. There's cultural, social, political messages deep buried in them. They help as sort of a a way to feel better about the world, even if the world is terrible. And so having that, you know, showing the the satire of our world and horror is a really part part of the processing of like our society. And so I think horror is a great lens to to do that with. And I think I can't wait to see more films in that, in that vein. Right. Well, I think this is a phenomenal movie. Uh, uh, Candyman, the original. And um, I think that this is uh, one that everyone should, should watch. I think if you're into horror at all, or even into just drama, I mean, it does have some horrific elements, but it culturally stands up in a way that a lot of things from the early nineties don't. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Well, and as we, as we, yeah, as we saw earlier, I mean, Wes Craven's New Nightmare was three years later than this one. It was a lot rougher. Yeah, that was very true. There's no terrible CGI in this film. <laughs> well, None. Yeah, no, I don't think any. And the bees. All, we didn't even practical. talk about the, the, the bees are practical. Yeah, the bees are amazing and. It's just so terrifying, and I'm afraid of bees because I've never been stung. So, yeah, it's just it's a good movie to see if you haven't seen it, and it is pretty yeah. scary and weird. Bee-based horror, though, need not apply. <laughs> bee-based horror, but not a bee movie. Candyman. No, not a not a bee movie. All right, let's get out of here. All right, thanks. <laughs>